Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar DeJesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest hitter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. In today's podcast, we're talking to Albert Miller, VP of Sales at Hayward's Pool Products. And we want to welcome back to our podcast, Kevin Bulling, Dealer Development Manager at Hayward. We will be talking about Hayward going public, what it means for you, the pool pro. We'll also talk about the current status of the pool industry, the product shortage, the forecast for the pool industry, and we will talk about Hayward's new product. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting and splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, and the PoolManUniversity.com. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. Good morning, Pool Nation. I hope everyone's doing well on this Friday. I've got to say, I've been you know, spending the last week and it's just been nuts. And thinking about this year and how it just continues to get weirder and weirder. And I'm really anxious to see what the, the rest of the year holds for us and what other random things we're going to experience this year in our industry. Absolutely. I think that's a little bit of an understatement with the craziness, <laughs> Zach. <laughs> John, good morning. Good morning. I'm actually doing pretty well today. We've had, I think, like two days with no wind. So we're starting to catch up a little bit. Things are looking up. Very excited about what you're about to talk about here in a minute for us and for everybody else and kind of what we need to do as an industry. So I'm, um, I'm super excited. Happy to have Hayward on. Kevin, thank you again for coming on. Albert, welcome. It's always great to hear from the, from the top dogs, us pool guys and gals down here. You know, we have our struggles, but we know. Sometimes it's hard for us to, to have a grasp or to understand what issues and, and some of the struggles that you guys have. It's easy to, to look at it from, from down here and say, hey, I'm having this issue, I'm having that issue, and not really understanding the reasons behind it and the struggles that you guys go through. So thank you and welcome. John, I can't believe you said the four-letter pool man word, and that is when. So I want everybody to listen because, John, this one's for you. I'm going to knock on some wood here so that you don't get the winds because that's just been two days. I got home. I, I pulled into my driveway at 840, which is brutal. Been a burnout. Yes. Kevin, good morning. Welcome to all the Pool Nation crew. I'm, I'm happy to be here again today and uh, looking forward to a good conversation to go over a lot of interesting stuff, a, a lot of trends and industry news, which should be very cool. Cool stuff to talk about. Great. And we appreciate you being here, Kevin. You've you've been on our podcast before, but we appreciate you taking the time. Albert, good morning. 
Good morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Edgar. You know, before uh, you know, Kevin Kevin said he'd been on the show before. He said, "Oh, but you should join him and, and talk to him." And I, you know, I did a little research, and your your reputation precedes you out there. A lot, a lot of folks have been talking about you guys. Oh, that that's kind of exciting. Yeah. <laughs> what are they saying? I don't know. <laughs> something about you make really good cupcakes or cupcaking. I don't know. Some, some, something along those lines. Yeah, you know the funny the funny thing is is I told my son I was going to be on uh, Pool Nation today and and he googled it and he's like, "Dad, are you cupcaking today?" And I said, "What, what, what, what are we talking about?" <laughs> no, no, we got the baker pool. on here. We have we have the official Zach. What do you think about that? The baker? Yeah. Oh yeah, cupcake king. Cupcake okay, king. Netflix show. I just signed the deal. We're going to be on Netflix. So we're going to <laughs> you know, guys, I think the one thing that we need to specify is kind of explain what the whole cupcaking is, because I think somebody that's listening new is going to be like, wait a second. What are, they, what are you guys talking about? So, Zach, you want to you want to share with everybody what this whole cupcaking thing is? Oh, I mean, it's sickening to me, John and Mama and Oh, the lovey-dovey and the, <laughs> the romancing. I told you this podcast is multifaceted, right? You know, we talk knowledge, we talk pull talk. And then lo- last week, we really got deep into the psyche and talked about emotions and how we felt. And then, you know, in every other podcast, we talk about love life, right? And how to how to keep that fire going, which was significant. Enough. And, we do it all here. We absolutely do it all here. So uh, this is my time to shine when it comes down to scoring brownie points with uh, with Mama. Go ahead, I see Zach. a book deal coming in the future for you, John. I've already, I've already signed it. We're, we've already started it. I, I wasn't <laughs> going to say it yet, but we'll we'll be announcing it probably in a few months. We'll have it on sale on Amazon. I just want you to know that this is your safe place, bro. You can you can let out the feelings and kind of let everybody know how you feel. 20 years strong right now. So, you know, we got to keep that, we got to keep that fire burning, you know, so congratulations. Thank you very much. Thanks for the cupcaking, John. We appreciate that. Guys, before we get today's podcast started, we wanted to make a big announcement. And that is that we have partnered with the international pool and spa expo. And we're going to be attending the show in Dallas. Uh, we're going to do some live podcasts from the show. And the one that Zach, John, and I are really excited about is that we will be hosting the first Pool Nation Awards on November 17th at the show. And these are going to be the Pool Pro Awards because the pool guys and the pool girls are going to be the ones that are going to be voting for the nominations and for whatever categories we have, which we're kind of working on a couple of them out there. We don't want to talk about them just yet. We're going to have more details coming out soon, but mark your calendars because we'll be there The show is going to be from November 13th to the 18th. And I'm also going to say this, Zach and John, not only am I really excited about it, but most of you guys know that Zach, John, and I have been doing the podcast for, what, six, seven months. And Zach, John, and I have actually never met in person. So this is going to be the first time that the Pool Nation crew actually gets together. So Zach, John, I am super pumped about this. Hopefully it doesn't it doesn't turn out that you catfish me. This yes. <laughs> yes. All the pictures you send, the videos we've done, and I, maybe it's a big old elaborate scheme you got going on. But <laughs> I just hope I don't get catfished. And I can already see or think about an award right now, right? Top Chef is going to definitely go to me. 
Uh, Top Chef? What are you talking about? For cupcaking. (laughs) (laughs) Cupcaker of the year. Hey, look at this. We already we're already getting questions. So if you look at the Insta chat here, Hayward does the school of business. Are you guys doing that this year? I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know if we are doing the school of business. We are going to be back at the show. We're super excited to to, to go to the international. Uh, we think it's going to be the first widely attended show this season as everyone's kind of getting vaccinated, you know, with their first and second shots. Kind of, the, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We've we've kind of been on lockdown for the past year, so we're super excited to be there. I will look to see if we're going to have that school of business show. I'm, I can't say for certainty we're doing that, but I would suspect yes. Kevin, you may know. Yeah, I was going to say I'm not sure on what the total training outline looks like yet, but we're we're definitely going to be there early ahead of the show to do trainings, and that'll most specifically be on product trainings. But yeah, we might do something more business oriented, like we've done in the past. Just want to say something about that. Look, I think. That class and what you guys have done with that is pretty amazing. Everybody who listens to our podcast, our approach on pools, you know, it's one thing, chemistry, what equipment to use, how to install and stuff like that. But more nuts and bolts and the things that make a business successful is understanding business, right? And the minutia of it, not how to work it. And you guys offering that or doing that, I think, really stepped it up. And it would be pretty cool if you guys continue to do it, because I think that's what we need as an industry, more business minded full service men and women in there so they can make the right decision so they can be successful and have a great career. I've taken that class a couple of times at the show. And if I remember correctly, it was like on the floor with like a glass room. So you're like in the middle of the the show is pretty cool. People are like walking all around and you're sitting in there, but lots of good stuff. And like John said, I think, you know, the business side of it's just so important um, that we start learning that and preaching that more in our industry. Just to expand on that a little bit, too, the last time we did offer it, it was literally standing room only. So mm-hmm. clearly there's a need and a want for it. So we'll, we'll probably reexamine that and make sure we can include something going forward. I'm thinking, Zach, John, I want you to do my class now there. Right. Uh, figure that out. Anyway, we'll, we'll dig into that for sure. And then, Kevin, I'll talk to you about that and see if that's even a fit. One thing that I did want to say, I know that we have some loyal listeners here every week and they jump on the live and they're always with us. So when we do the Pool Nation Awards, excuse me, there's going to be a limited amount of seats and people there. So I'm going to do something special for the people that always listen to us live. And that is if you are on the Insta chat and you guys want to attend, what I'm going to do is give you priority. So send me a message right now on the Insta chat and tell me if you're going to be there and if you want a ticket and we will reserve that ticket for you because the rest of them will be once we announce it. But we do have a core of people that are always listening to us here. And I really appreciate you guys being on here. See, see, we already got Jeanette going. Yes, I'll be there. Jeanette, I knew that you were going to be on there. Jay, I know that you're out here and you're from Texas too. So if you want some tickets, let me know. And so far, I have yours, Jeanette, and we'll kind of keep that in mind. So, guys, let's get started. Albert, Kevin, I want to welcome you guys to the Pool Nation podcast and for taking the time to come on. I know that you guys are are really busy and we really appreciate it. We have a bunch of questions for you guys, but before we get started, we want our listeners to know a little bit about yourselves. Kevin, I know that you've been on the show, but we've kind of gotten a lot more listeners since then. So, we'll start with Albert. What is it that you do at Hayward and how did you get into the pool industry? And then, Kevin, I'll have you go after him. 
Sure. Thanks, Edgar. And really, uh, thank you. Thanks to you and, and the listener base here for, for allowing us the opportunity to speak with you. So my name is Albert Miller. My title here at Hayward is Vice President of U.S. Sales. So I've got responsibility for our residential business, our commercial business, and our in-floor business uh, from the sales side for Hayward. Our in-floor business, as probably most of you know, is uh, Paramount brand. Hayward acquired Paramount a couple years back. Uh, I got a broad team. Uh, if you don't know your local Hayward salesperson, I always encourage you to reach out to me or or someone someone on my team to, to get to know us. But uh, a great, great group of guys and gals. Uh, and my job is to kind of work with them to make sure we, we're kind of trained and knowledgeable to be able to help you do what you do in the field every day with the consumers. Uh, in a nutshell, that's that's me. You know, I'm, I'm new to this industry, relatively new. Uh, I joined Hayward in August of 2019, kind of pre-COVID, uh, kind of pre this boom. Uh, and I came from the electrical industry, uh, an electrical manufacturer, uh, a couple of them, in fact, uh, similar business model, right? Build products, uh, stage them, uh, work with our distributors and our customers to get those products to the to the users that need them. Uh, but that's my background. And I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. You came on and then we we threw you into this whole COVID thing chaos yeah. right after that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Well, well, a very a very funny story. The first week that Albert was in the office and working, our building literally got struck by lightning at his office. <laughs> what? <window. laughs> wow. So yeah, we we should have known we should have known right then and there that. Is, Kevin, uh, I forgot about pretty... I forgot about that. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, we all got to go home early that day, but it was uh, quite an introduction. We're we're gonna have to figure out what kind of sign that was, right, Kevin? <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it was bumpy road ahead. And, uh, it turned, turned out to be true. <laughs> oh man, that's completely crazy, Kevin. I know that you've been on, but maybe you could tell the new listeners a little bit about yourself. Yep, sure. So. Um, my name is Kevin Bulling. I'm on the East Coast. I work out of our corporate office in New Jersey currently. And my job is the uh, U.S. manager of dealer development. So a lot of things that our dealers see facing them, whether it's training, whether it's marketing, whether it's some sales programs, a lot of that falls under my umbrella at Hayward. And I'm kind of a, a go-between between marketing and sales. And then we even work some tech service in there. So that's kind of what I do at Hayward. And in terms of the pool industry, I've been in the pool business literally since I was a teenager, first starting to build pools. And then from there, I bought that company. We turned it into a, a pretty large construction company, but then it also turned into a pretty large service company. So I have a pretty good feeling for how the business works. And then after spending the last 12 years at Hayward, I now have a pretty good feeling where distribution fits in, where manufacturing fits in. So it's a pretty well-blended background. It's awesome to be in the industry and see how much things are changing for the better. I'm just glad to be part of that. We're glad to have you on, guys. And Kevin has been just a, a complete flow of information. Kevin, there hasn't been one question that I've tossed your way that you just haven't known how to get to it from A to Z. So... I, I know that background is is great, and we appreciate you being a friend of the show and, and coming on and helping us out. I, I'm happy to help, but I've, I'll be mad if you call me a know-it-all. I don't want to be a know-it-all. So I uh, I have a question, Albert. And you know, as I mentioned earlier, this last year has just been total 
chaos and craziness. There's been lots of changes, lots of updates, lots of new news. And I know that Hayward just went public and is now traded on the stock exchange. Can you tell us if this is a good thing for the industry and what exactly does that mean for pool pros? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, we're, we're super excited that we uh, were able to go public. Uh, when I joined Hayward back in 2019, the company had transitioned from being family held and private equity had bought out the business from uh, from the Davis family. And during this time period is, is when I joined the organization and the intent was always to go public. You know, a lot of our, our competitors are public, right? We joined the ranks of uh, Pentair, uh, Fluidra, both public companies, um, as well as some of our, our distributors are also public. So very common to be public within this industry. Uh, for the pool pros, you know, I don't think it changes too much, you know, how you interact with us. Uh, we're going to, you know, what it allows us to do as an organization is more flexibility to tap the financial markets, reinvest in our business, and really continue to bring out new and innovative products uh, for whether, whether you're in the, the service trade or, or the builder trade, really to make that pool ownership experience even that much better, uh, much more efficient. Uh, we're, we're very excited about the, the products we launched this year and the products we have in the pipeline. And, and being public is going to help us do that much more efficiently. So in my opinion, I think it's great for the industry. And I think it's great for the pool pros uh, overall. Yeah, and we've seen amazing growth in the industry and in, in stock prices for industry-related companies. I mean, you look at the stock price of, of Pool Corp and it's just kind of gone through the roof. And now that seems to be a good thing, right? Because it indicates that investors see a good road ahead. I also read an article from Lathan Group. They did a consumer survey that found that 3.2% of U.S. homeowners expect to purchase a pool in the next year. And that kind of translates into a single year demand of 3 million pools. I mean, that's just yeah. crazy. It is crazy. And Edgar, I want to let everybody know, too, all our <laughs> listeners, that they're a fiberglass pool company based out of New York that went public as well. And they've sold right. over 8,700 pools last year, which is just bonkers. That's bonkers because that's just the fiberglass side. That's right. not even including the side of, of the uh, right. And you know, I was reading, I was reading the article on that, John. And I think they charge an average about fifty five thousand dollars for what for their pool installs. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's just that's just absolutely crazy. So you know, Albert, in us talking about that and seeing those stock prices go up and seeing that there's still this big, huge demand for the pool industry. What are you guys seeing as far as a forecast for the pool industry? You may not have seen this, but we just announced our first quarterly uh, earnings call uh, on Wednesday. So it was the first first time public company, first earnings call uh, Wednesday. And we had numbers that really kind of just knocked it out of the park. We were super excited about it. Q1 growth, global Q1 growth for Hayward, uh, 96% year over year. Which is think about that. We ship ninety six percent more product. Yeah, exactly. What? We, yes, yeah. that was that was our ninety. Yeah, then that's crazy for a company that's been around for a long time. That's right? insane. Yeah, and that's that's globally in the U.S. It was higher. North America was one hundred and five percent growth. Um, so we talk about the shortages, and we talk about you know where, where I need more product. I need more product from our perspective, right? We're like. We shipped double the product to the market, literally more than double, and it still wasn't enough to meet the demand out there. So it can give you a sense of how bullish we are about the business uh, and what that looks like. Uh, so if you take what we, that's what we actually did Q1, 
we gave official guidance in the call on Wednesday. And, you know, for those of you that are interested, this is all public information, you know, Hayward.com, you go to the investor relations website. Uh, but we're, we're, we're projecting 40 to 45% growth uh, year over year. And of course, that's on a global basis. That's not specific to the US or, or the North American business, which includes Canada. We expect this to, the business to stay strong. You know, I personally believe in the, this age that we've been in and kind of the shifting patterns in our society with COVID and work from home, remote office, the, the suburbification of some of the cities, the importance of our backyard. I do believe these trends are here for a really long time. I don't think it's a blip. I think it's really kind of changed us as a society and the people value their home. It used to be where you kind of sleep and congregate. It's where you go to school, where you do work, and where you vacation to some extent. And those will change over time. I think in, here in the short term, it's it's very important. And I think in the long term, it's going to have you know hold a different level than maybe it did pre-COVID. I think we see a lot of the trends online, even those people that are building pools. The industry has gone away from just kind of digging a hole with water in it and really kind of turning those backyards into kind of an extension of that home. And that just you know makes sense with the trends that we're seeing. Yeah, and I'll build on that, too. And um, a lot of times in the past, we've seen spikes that might be regional in in demand and maybe it's hurricane sandy maybe it's the the freeze event down in texas but this is definitely a global pattern and you know it it does look like it's here for a while and there's really no slowdown in demand right now what excites me about it all is that it's gonna it's like elevating the pool professional right so Mm -hmm. like edgar was saying it used to be just dig a, a hole in the ground and fill it with water but now that they are, these pools are becoming extensions of the home and they are becoming higher priced and we are experiencing all this growth, us as pool professionals are now going to be able to kind of seize this opportunity to truly be seen as professionals from the consumers out there where in the past we haven't exactly had that really great outlook on us as pool pros. I agree, Zach, and we keep talking about it. We keep talking about you know, not only are these new pools coming in and it's not just that old thought of a pool, but just in everything. I mean, I think the generation that's buying pools is getting younger. So you're kind of getting into that more advanced automation. You're kind of making that change. And so the industry just kind of keeps, you know, making the climb. But we talk about it. And now for you pool guys out there, this is the time to really kind of step it up. And I I know that there's shortages of products. I know that there's challenges, but we're going to talk about how it's not just our industry. Albert, let me ask you this. Are you guys seeing anything that would be a concern of a slowdown anytime soon? So, you know, you're obviously seeing that everything's looking like it's good. But is there anything in that forecast that would kind of say, hey, 24 months from now, things will settle down? Are are you guys seeing any of that? We're not. In fact, we continue to kind of ramp up our productions to meet what we believe to be long term elevated demand in this business. Um, You know, that full year, you know, this is a a mature business, right? Pull this wasn't. We're not Silicon Valley, but here we are, a company that, that's been around for 50 plus years. Uh, actually, it can go back almost 100 years when it was originally founded. Uh, and we're expecting growth of 40 to 45%. So, no, nothing, not, no headwinds that are visible at this point. You know, similar to all other industries, right? We've got to have the labor to be able to, to complete our projects. I'm hearing a lot about the, the lack of labor and what that looks like, uh, how we get around that. And of course, we'll spend a little more time on on the conversation this afternoon, 
you know, around kind of supply chain and making sure we have the products and we can meet that demand and how, how we're doing that. But I see the demand staying strong. That's great. I want to talk about, and you're talking about it, I want to talk about some of the challenges that, that the industry has faced over the last year and a half, because we all know how it started. You know, we were all worried when the COVID hit and everybody was worried about their businesses and what's going to happen. Are we going to be here? Then everybody gets locked in at home and the demand for our pool industry just completely explodes bigger than anybody ever thought. But now the challenge is we're facing other issues in the industry that we've talked about. On top of that, like Kevin was saying, we kind of get into the Texas freeze back in February and we kind of have this major damage of pools. Mm -hmm. And that puts an even heavier demand on the pool industry. And I still know a lot of pools that are completely down out here in Texas. So, you know, I sit here and I get a whole bunch of calls from, you know, pool pros out there that they're frustrated. Some of them are scared. We don't think we're going to survive. We're not going to make it to the other side. I've also heard conspiracy theories from guys thinking that it's the manufacturers trying to drive up prices and the distributors, you know, pushing them. But the reality is that COVID brought a huge demand. And now we have a huge disruption to the industry in two different ways. And one is a logistics issue. And that's not just in the U.S., but that's around the globe. And then two, we see a shortage of raw goods around the globe as well. So, Albert, maybe you can explain a little bit about what those, you know, logistics issues are. And I want the listeners to be able to understand what those issues are and how it impacts companies like yours in our industry. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've been facing questions like this, Edgar, from from our customers and from our supply chain and our distribution partners for for several months now. And I kind of typically bucket this into kind of three categories of how we're trying to address uh, this increase in, in demand. Um, the first one is simply just have more production lines, have more manufacturing capacity to meet that demand. We've taken steps as an organization to add a capacity for lighting, heaters, uh, controls, physically just being able to do more. The other thing um, uh, we work on is our supply chain. Our suppliers that come into us you know, we're trying to ramp up product coming in. I, I got to give hats off to our operations team. The fact that we're able to ship double in Q1 has a lot to do with their ability to ramp up our business and really get in front of this from a raw material perspective. So we're constantly working with our suppliers to increase the availability of those products and get those in-house to build our products quicker. But then the third component, what we're looking to address and what we have addressed is labor. The labor market's been very tight. Um, and not only is the labor market tight, but if you think of a manufacturing environment, typical you know, space, uh, you have workers that work in sales, work on a line. And we had, out, you know, as COVID was, you know, front center, we'd have blips to our productivity where, you know, I lost the pump line because, you know, the operators, we had a two-week quarantine because one person tested positive and we get the pump line back in and, you know, then maybe something happens on the heater line. So you're really kind of working through these kind of rolling outages that you're trying to meet this in industry demand at the same time that you've got this virus kind of trying to slow you down. So we kind of triangulate all those three areas with actual capacity, improvements to raw material on supply chain, and increase in our labor pool to get through all that. And that's, I guess that's the, the best way that we've been able to deliver the rules we have and get the product out to the market. 
It's been definitely, you know, crazy. And guys, I've mentioned it before. My, my wife works in logistics. It's just absolutely crazy to see how it affects all of it. And I was talking to her yesterday about it, and she was showing me some images and videos of the Long Beach port and the LA. And I'm actually going to put that on the Pullman University so that you guys could see it. But, you know, you have tons of ships just sitting out there, just waiting to be unloaded. And they're sitting there like a, like a parking lot. And, you know, the challenge is from there, they turn around, they get unloaded onto the dock and then the crane kind of moves it over to the parking lot. And then you have all these semis just sitting there waiting to get loaded. And the pictures are just crazy. There's just tons of trucks, semis just sitting there waiting. But you can see on the video, you know, how backed up they are and how much that kills, you know, the flow of the product. But the other problem is then from there, those get taken to a distribution center. And I'm, I'm sure you guys probably have the same setup where all the product goes to a distribution center. And then from there, that distribution center unloads those trailers, puts it into the trailers that goes to the stores, and then they take them to the stores. And so, you know, all these people want to make sure that those trucks are full because they get charged by the truckload. So if you send the truck halfway full, now that merchandise is going to be even more expensive. So Albert, like you were talking about, you deal with the shortage of staff at the distribution centers. And if somebody's sick and you got a line, then that's going to disrupt that line. So you kind of mm-hmm. you're trying to produce all this product. And then all of a sudden you're you know, you have 16 people that you have to put out of a line because of the covid situation. And then I don't know if you guys are having the same issue, but, you know, drivers is a huge issue. There's just a complete shortage to be able to get the trailers from the docks to the distribution centers unloaded, sorted, and then shipped to the individual stores. And so what's happening, guys, is all these trucking companies are really kind of buttoning up everything. So they'd bring a trailer before and they'd leave it there at the distribution center for two weeks. And now they're telling all these distribution centers, you got 24 hours to flip this or we're going to start charging you because we need that trailer. There's just that much of a demand. And it just becomes a logistical nightmare. Something that they could do in 24 hours, guys, is now taking them five days to unload, reload and be able to ship. So it starts putting that heavy weight on just being able to get that product from point A to point B. So the other thing, guys, out there is you have so much demand. You've got all these drivers. And at the distribution centers, now some of these people are getting paid 18 bucks an hour. So they're all in competition and they're all having to raise those wages and give you know signing bonuses to get those people. So you kind of have this lack of manpower. And then on top of that, you talk about the drivers and there's a shortage of those as well. And the same thing happens there. All these companies are trying to hire all the drivers to be able to move their products. And that absolutely just drives the cost at every point. So we talk about, guys, the prices of products and, and in, even in the swimming pool industry and stuff like that. But those are a lot of the factors that come in. It has nothing to do with the distributors trying to raise the prices or, you know, pool trying to take trying advantage to, of stuff. Try, yeah. 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 No, I mean, for sure. We talk about it all the time, just like you said, Edgar, look, businesses are in it to make money. This is not a hobby. They exist solely so they can make money, provide a service and profit from it. It's just the way it is. And that's why we do what we do. A company knows what their profit number needs to be. So they have to raise their prices and that gets passed on to the consumer. And that's just the way business works. At the end of the day, what we preach just about on every single podcast when we talk about 
know your value, understand your value, charge accordingly to your value. And then you need to make adjustments based off of times like this. So if Hayward raises their prices, we all had increases. Hayward raised it, Fluidro raised prices, Pantera raised prices, Hasa raised prices. They need to do it because they need, there's a number that they need to hit in order to be successful for their company to thrive. And there are certain circumstances that drive those numbers up, just like we've spoken about. And then it rolls down to the distributors and then the distributors do the same in kind. And then now us as the consumers here of the product from the manufacturers, we have to make a choice. And I think it's too many times. The problem is, is that we think that just the buck stops with us and that these things are happening year over year or sometimes twice a year, three times a year, and that we, we're the ones that have to sit there and hold the bag. But the reality is we're setting a bad precedent and we need to break that mentality and understand when these things happen, we have to pass along those costs to our, to our customers. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, just like the costs are being passed to us, we need to do the same thing too. And it's just the way business works. And it's just another point to be driven home saying, guys and gals out there, when these things happen, you need to be on top of it. You need to react to it accordingly. So Yeah, and that's a good point. I'd like to reiterate too, You know, when we have a price increase, we go through uh, great lengths to not have one, right? We're working with our suppliers, having long-term agreements, uh, trying to do whatever we can to manage the cost of the product. When we end up having to do an increase, it's because we've exhausted all those options, and now we need to actually cover some some actually incremental costs that we weren't planning on in our business, right? So so it's not, it's not kind of a, a decision that's ever made lightly. It's after reviewing everything and saying, hey, we are seeing this increased pressure. We are seeing this. Um, it's harder to get the drivers. It's harder to get the employees. You know, we've got to raise our, our minimum uh, wages. All those things come in. Once all that actually comes to pass, that's when we move forward with the price increase. It's not something we, we take lightly. Not one of those where it's 50 employees. I mean, these are big places that have, you know, two, three, four, 500 people. And then you have other like Amazon or Walmart or any of the bigger players that come into the market and they draw the people, then it creates this competition. But under the current circumstances of post-COVID, it's going to be, you know, more fierce out there with them trying to get those people and hire them and bring them on to be able to just kind of roll their business and be able to keep moving and obviously as a business, you know, making money. But guys, in these times that we're in, we're probably going to see more price increases because it's just so chaotic and it's going to take a while to catch up. This is where you guys, the pool pros are going to have to get comfortable with knowing that you need to look at your numbers. You need to look at what your profit numbers need to be. And then once you get there, you're not going to have a choice. You're going to have to pass those on to the consumer. But the point that we're trying to make, guys, is we're trying to explain where all the pressure and where a lot of the costs are coming from so that we're not kind of sitting out there just kind of going, well, why are they keep raising the prices? Because those things aren't you know, taken lightly. I want to add to that because you know, in the beginning, it's so easy to get narrowly focused on this is happening to us, you know, woe is me, this is our industry, why are they doing it? But the more and more that I'm learning about these things and looking at the news and everything, it's just, it's crazy because it's just all across the board and it's affecting everything. I mean, 
you know, we want to talk about lumber like that's nuts right now. The price of a mm -hmm. OSB board was, you know, my dad was telling me he picked some up last year for eight bucks and he went to the store the other day and it was fifty two dollars for that same sheet of sheet of plywood. That's and, crazy. And so it's all over. And, you know, another thing that I was watching the news and they're talking about is concerns with gas shortages during the summertime. And it's not a shortage related to the gas. It's it's a shortage related to the drivers being able to get that gas to the gas station. So it's, it's just coming from all area. And not to keep jumping on this, but I want to make another point. And this is kind of what I see. And I see where the disconnect is. It's the mountain we have to climb here. And I think it's what's the biggest struggle and the problem and why you hear a lot of, you know, post service companies complaining or, and rightfully so, you know, prices are going up and it makes life a little bit harder, but, as an industry, we have only a few major players up top, right, when it comes down to manufacturing. And they're all on the same page, right? They have a business mind. They have a business to run. They have profits. They have expectations. They have investors they need to satisfy. They have those things that need to, to come into play. And when they do these, you guys can notice when price increases go up, they go up across the board. All the manufacturers do it, right? And then it goes down to distribution. And distribution is no different. They're no dummies. They're the same exact thing. They have a business. They need to upkeep something. And then they go, okay, well, there's only so many distributors out there. They're all corporate ran for the most part. And they do the same thing. And across the board, you see the prices go up. But then when it comes down to the pool guys and the pool girls, right? And us, the problem is, is not everybody's on the same page and you, they don't understand that. And the struggle is, well, my prices are going up. If I increase them, now I'm out of competition. Now I'm above this other guy who isn't increasing their price. And there's no, how do I put it? Between, between all the companies, if let's say us as an industry, we came together and said, okay, hey, look, we all needed to raise our prices 5% to accommodate these increases or 10% to accommodate those. And the consumer wouldn't have a choice, right? Because now all pool companies, all the industry in itself are raising their prices in reaction or in conjunction with what the manufacturers are doing and what the distributors are doing. But the challenge is trying to get everybody to understand that that's the way to do it and not to be short, short-sighted and look for the future. And for those that still make that decision to do it, it might be tough or you might outprice yourself a little bit here and there. But in the long run, You'll survive as an entity. You'll survive as a company. And you'll be there six months down the road, a year down the road, because now you're pulling in a profit. You're able, your your business is thriving, or at least surviving. Where the person who decided not to raise your rates and to and to absorb all those costs are going to end up going under. And that's why there's so much turnover when it comes down to the pool industry. And we see it here all the time. Um, where, you know, my guy just stopped showing, or my guy decided to get out of the industry, especially in COVID right now. I just don't get it. Out here in the valley where we're at, there's so many pool companies and so many routes now that are going on sale where people are retiring or people are quitting or people are getting out of industry because they, one, they can't take it or they can't absorb, they, they don't understand that they need to change with the time opposed to doing the same thing they've been doing for the last 10 years, 15 years. So it's how do we get to that point where we can teach everybody? And again, it kind of goes back to like the business classes we were talking about, the business school. That's what's important. That's what we need. That's what our yep. industry needs. We need to, they need to see that and they need to understand that and look at it, look at their company as a CEO would or as a chairman would or as an investor would 
and understand that it's a machine and it, you need to feed it. There's things you need to do in order to survive, in order for it to keep running. And that's what we're trying to accomplish here. At and at the end, of, at the end of the day, John, it's yeah. all about knowing your numbers. You have to know how much income you, you bring absolutely. in and what your cost or services product in. And, and I think that's one of the biggest challenges in the industry from the pool service side is that you have a lot of these guys that come in. They can't find that place where they can learn that and be able to know that. And even Eugene was on the podcast. And the, one of the things that he said is whatever you do, you have to know your numbers. Because if you don't know your numbers, you don't know if you're making money or not. Amen. Albert, let me ask you about raw goods. What are the issues that are happening with raw goods in the, in the industry? So I mentioned it kind of briefly a minute ago, our, our supply chain team, you know, top notch part of the organization really working to make sure our incoming supply of raw material can meet the needs of this elevated demand to produce whole goods. But even with that said, we've had, you know, spotty areas where it's been a little bit more of a challenge. I'll say recently what we're looking at, uh, cable actually has been a bit of a challenge. So uh, we have a very, very popular lights, 150 foot length, and we also have a 100 foot length. We've asked all our customers that they can take the not use the 150 and they just order it out of convenience and they only need the 100 to move to the 100. We can, of course, build three of those for every two of the 150. So, you know, we work with our partners to say, hey, can, do you really need the 150? Um, I'm trying to get more units out. You know, everyone's asking me for these. Another example, really, where kind of that the, the raw materials kind of slowed us down a little bit is salt. You know, we have a great salt generation system, chlorine generation system via salt, I should say. And everyone's aware of kind of the trichlor shortage and what's what that's meant. So that product line is very successful. It squeezed our supply chain a little bit just because it has been in such high demand. So when it comes to raw goods, I think the team's done a good job of managing it. If I had to kind of point to a couple areas that particularly tight, those would be the ones that I'd point to. And guys, everybody's seeing it out there in the market. Ford has 3,000 trucks sitting in a lot that they can't finish because they can't get chips for the computers. And so I started digging deeper into that whole chip process. And I was looking at an interview from, from Patrick Gelsinger, and he's the CEO of Intel. And he was talking about the problem that they're having with getting raw goods to be able to finish some of their components. And a big move for them is to create two new manufacturing plants in Arizona to be able to deal with a high demand. But that's still two years away. So that's a sign right there that kind of shows you that they're having the same issues. They want to kind of try to correct that. They're going to make a $20 billion investment in two plants in Arizona. But if you look at it, in order for them to come online two years, we're still going to have some issues with those components for a while. But that makes sense. I was looking at it and everybody's working from home. You have kids doing online school. The number of laptops at, at home skyrocketed. I think it was like 3.6 plus the video games and all that. But we have that issue with the raw goods. And then the other thing is you still have on the other side where you're getting all these raw goods from overseas and other countries, they have the exact same problems with the production and people getting COVID in the, in the manufacturing and their lines. They have problems with drivers getting those things down to the docks to be able to get onto the ship. So it just kind of creates that whole big problem with all of it, right? And some of the costs are going to increase because some of those companies are going to increase their prices to be able to deliver the, the raw goods. So it just kind of keeps following the chain. Yeah. You know, when, when you look at kind of that example there, those four trucks that are waiting for computer chips, the, the best to 
kind of similarity to our business is our controllers. We've launched some Omni Control Line. We have this new product, Omni PL. We did get squeezed there a little bit too, waiting for the the components, the circuit boards to come in for those controllers. That that has also impacted us a little bit, not as much as the cable has, but we did feel it uh, from the chips as well. So if you look at your production, has it just kind of been over on the salt and and those with cables? Has it affected any other areas of your production? No, I feel pretty good about how we've gotten product through the supply chain. Mm -hmm. Again, there's there's bumps here and there. And I think we were we did better than than most, I feel like, in terms of kind of mitigating the flare-ups of COVID in our facilities, right? Whether we we put in plexiglass or we separated folks on the line, really did as much as we could to keep production moving. You know, maybe it's worth reminding, you know, that your audience here, Edgar, in a normal time, the way our manufacturers work with the market is we would manufacture product and we would put that in one of our distribution centers and we would kind of put inventory into our DCs. And then our distributors would pull from those DCs and there'd be a buffer between what comes off the end of my manufacturing line to what goes out into distribution through that DC. What's happened now, why it kind of becomes much more visible is essentially our, distri- our distribution center is, is bare bones, hardly any inventory there. So whatever comes off the end of the production line goes right out into the market with very little kind of room for flex. So that creates kind of the added pressure we're seeing on, on the sensitivity to getting product as quickly as possible. There's not that extra layer of inventory in between our businesses. Right. Now, have all of your plants stayed open during this whole time? You know, for the most part, yeah. There's not one plant that was shut down. There were like cells or lines here and there that couldn't keep going. But no, I don't have, we did not shut, we did not have a shutdown during this, during this That's period. That's amazing. You kind of hear of all the different companies having to shut down complete places and disinfect the entire thing and all that. So to be able to put that, that means that you guys had some great protocols in place to deal with those. So do you guys manufacture in the U.S. or overseas? We do a little bit of both, but predominantly here for the U.S. market, most of our products are from U.S. manufacturing locations. Our largest U.S. locations, Clemens, North Carolina, pumps, robotics, some white goods, some of our commercial products. It's our largest production facility there, right there in North Carolina. Heaters and heat pumps come out of Nashville, Tennessee, and our controllers and lighting products come out of Rhode Island. Those three are in the U.S. We supplement that. We've got facilities in Spain uh, that support our European markets. And we also have a facility in Wuxi, China that works with our U.S. facilities and supplements some of our white goods. But we have a lot of U.S. manufacturing. I don't know if we're the most U.S. manufacturing, but we have quite a bit. We might be the most. Gotcha. Hey, guys, we have somebody on here, Jay, which is out here in Denton, Texas. And he said, I toured the facility in North Carolina last year when I attended the Water Shapes University class. Their setup was on point. Love the testing department on brand new equipment coming off the line. And I do want to say, Albert, thank you for inviting me, Zach and John, to fly out and see that plant. We really appreciate it. So we just wanted to have it. We just wanted to have it on record on the podcast. (laughs) Glad you could go. go. Hey, we can't wait to get more people out to our plants. You know, that's one of the things we wanted to do. And you know, with COVID, it kind of put a damper on that. But as we get past this, you know, we'd love to have open houses. We're very proud of, of our team and coworkers there in those facilities that make these products day in and day out. We love to give folks to our facilities. 
and Albert, very humble too. We don't require first class. But we want just business, business class. Work. All right. And just business keep, class. Just to fine, let you know. Just to let you know, Albert, I come from a hotel background, so I don't allow the guys to stay in anything less than like a Four Seasons or Ritz Carlton. Nothing but the Absolutely. We're just giving you a hard time. We appreciate that. <laughs> So when do you think the industry will return to normal? And when I'm talking about normal, I mean, when will pool pros be able to walk into the supply store, place an order, and know that the products are in stock and in abundance? That's a great question. By the way, I get asked that question a lot by our investors. When is this going to slow down? What's this look like? What does the horizon look like? I think it will be a new normal. And I think the new normal is going to be elevated from what we were pre-pandemic. I was sharing, Edgar, I think I may have been sharing some numbers with you the other day. The U.S. PK data is what we use to kind of gauge how many pools are built a year. PK data says about 95,000 pools. New pools were built in 2020. I always feel like that number is a little bit low. Those are in-ground pools, by the way. It does not include above ground. And PK data is projecting 115,000 new pools this year. So what's that, about a 15 to 20% increase? I think it may be higher than that. Even with that, those numbers are below the historic highs uh, pre, pre-Great Recession of 2008-2009. You know, we were building about 145,000 pools a year in the U.S. So I think we're going to hit, you know, ride right up to that pre-recession number in terms of growth of pools per year and just kind of blow right past that as, you know, I think our our society has changed about what does it mean to have a pool and why do I want to have a pool? I think more folks want to just based on enjoying their home more. With that said, the new normal means more pools being built, more bodies of water, more more service requirements moving forward. And I feel like this kind of scarcity is going to live with us at least through 2022 and maybe start to abate the end of 22, maybe maybe 23 to some extent. And the way I gauge that, what I've been kind of listening for is I talk to customers, like the folks on this call or like builders in the market. And I, I ask them, you know, when, what are you scheduling new construction for? And last season in 2020, they'd say, I'm booked through 2021. I can't build another pool in 2021. And this was before the Texas freeze, by the way. They would say, you know, I'm, I'm at capacity. And now here we are halfway through 2021, and I am already starting to hear builders and customers say, yeah, I'm starting to book into February, March, April next year. I've kind of sold out this season, and that's kind of consistent, right? If I wasn't hearing that, I'd be like, hey, we're, you know, we're going to kind of come back to normal. But my, the feedback I'm receiving is the demand is still very high, and we're going to be living with that demand through the next year at least. I came into the industry after the recession. It's just been kind of the rebuilding of the industry, I guess, is where I came in and we've been growing. So rather than going back to a new normal, it's more of catching up to the new normal. And then at that point, we continue to sail on as an industry. I would would agree with that. Hey, guys, believe it or not, we've been talking for almost an hour already. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, Albert, Kevin, we'll jump right back in. 
The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. What we've done, guys, is we've put a training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. The goal is you do it, and by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data. It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. We talk about the metrics, we talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. And we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and they've made some adjustments with their billing software and that's kind of solved that issue. During the training, utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Kevin and Albert from Hayward. We're talking about the status of the industry. And guys, as we were taking this word from our sponsors, I was kind of looking at my phone and believe it or not, I got two messages on my Instagram account. One of them was saying the status of the pool industry is I'm in New York. I'm trying to build a pool and the pool builder told me that he's a year out. And then the next thing is I got a message from somebody saying, hey, can you recommend a designer for a pool? So that just tells you exactly what we're talking about. The demand is just absolutely still there. Albert, let me ask you this. With everything going on with the shortage of products and obviously trying to get all those products out to the market and stuff like that, what would you suggest to the pool pros and what would you suggest they do to be able to kind of get products? Yeah, you know, we talked about this new normal that we're seeing out there. And if, if you you think pre-COVID, uh, pre-this environment, uh, it was pretty regular, pretty easy for a pool pro 
to go into their local distributor, grab what they need, go to their job site, and get the work done. Uh, now today, is is that product available? Is it there? How do I continue to manage my business when I'm not sure the product is going to be there? A change of a paradigm shift of how we do business. A couple thoughts on there, right? One, uh, leverage technology as much as you can, right? Many of our, our distributors, many of our partners have online tools. You can check and see if the inventory is available there. Um, use those apps to really kind of bring product in to make sure you have what you need as you go out there and get your jobs done. And the other thing is you may want to order more ahead of time. You know, we've seen some of that where, you know, maybe I used to keep uh, one or two pumps on site, maybe or none, right? I used to just be able to go pick one up. Maybe you want to keep one in your truck or in your warehouse if you have one and just have kind of that buffer to account for these longer lead times. Uh, I think the longer lead times are here for a little bit. So, you know, where you used to kind of place an order and and expect something in five to 10 business days, a lot of times we're three to four times that now. Kind of think about, okay, how long is it going to take to get here? And what does that mean? What behaviors I've got to change to ensure it's here? And maybe I keep a few things extra and leverage that technology. Those are my best suggestions. It's not ideal. Ideally, hey, if it was up to me, you'd have the product exactly as you need it just when you go into your partner your distribution partner that is. Um, and, and we're trying our best to get back to that, but it's, it's, you know, as you can, as you know, it's been a challenge. Yeah, especially with a hundred percent more demand. That's completely, completely crazy. We've been doing exactly that. We've been placing those orders through our distributors system. And first it, it's frustrating and it seems like, you know, nothing's ever going to happen. But to give you an example, there's a certain product that we placed an order for a month or so ago and right now, the back order on that's like 150 or something like that. But there is now a shipment coming in to fill that back order. Imagine if we had waited until this point to say, you know, place that order, but we're on the front line of that. So we should be getting filled. So we just keep making those orders on a regular basis. And eventually, it'll all start to kind of catch up with itself. I would like to say, you know, a lot of your audience members here that don't maybe work with Hayward, maybe your brand is the brand that you can't get your product and you've tried Hayward for the first time. Um, and maybe it's, it's not your first preference. And I, I understand we're not always the first one, but I'd love to be your final preference, right? So if we've got product and our distributors are there with our inventory. Thank you for giving us a shot, uh, even though it was in a pinch, but I'd love to keep you as a customer, uh, even as those inventory levels settle out. Absolutely. Hey, let me ask you this, Albert. Does does Brian report to you? He's a sales rep out here in Texas. Oh, yeah. Brian, Brian Croissant. Croissant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he reported to you? Yeah. He reports to Colin and Colin, Colin reports to me. Yeah. Like, yes, absolutely. Absolute, yeah. absolute yeah. great guy. He used to be a pool pro and he came on to the podcast and really kind of talked a lot about that, how the, the rules of the game have changed and guys need to order. And it was great because I had a guy that we were kind of recommending and telling him the same thing that Brian was saying, you know, we really need to think 60 days out. And he was kind of hesitant to stock some product and stuff like that. And I talked to him on Monday and he was saying, thank you for doing that because I went out, I listened, I bought a pump, I had it sitting in my garage. He goes, and I got a call for a pool to quote it, to come out because they couldn't get a pump. And I had one and I was able to not just replace the pump, but get the account. So guys, for you guys listening out there, it's like Brian was saying, the rules of the game have changed and you can't walk into the pool store and expect that that product is going to be there. You need to 
place some orders. And we're not saying go out and spend thousands of dollars on, on, on product. But if you know that every year you replace three or four motors or pumps or whatever, you kind of have to do the math and figure out, you know, at what point do I have at least one so that if something happens, I can go and, and replace that. Now, let me ask you one more question on Brian. Do you know why they call him the gummy bear? You know, I'm not sure why they call him the gummy bear. <laughs> oh, my. I, I was to say, I haven't heard that either. And uh, I, I think Brian just earned a new nickname at Hayward. Oh, <laughs> no. What did I just do? John, Zach. <laughs> Oh my God. So I will tell you what, I will cut a clip out of that podcast. He came on and he goes, I don't know if I should say this online. And he told the story of why they call him the gummy bear. And it was the funniest story that I've ever heard. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Now, well, Albert, let me ask you this. Now I think Brian's not going to talk sure. to me anymore. <laughs> I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. I'm going to go straight to voicemail. So, Albert, let me ask you this. I heard that last year the pool industry had at this time about $159 million in back orders, but that this year that number is $1.7 billion. And when I first heard that, I kind of went into this panic thought. But then the more I thought about it, the more it kind of falls in line with everything that's going on with the demand and all that. And that's a good thing, right? Because that product, is, if it's in back order, it's because it's needed. Have you guys heard of that? Have you guys, any of you, Kevin, Albert, have you guys heard that? I haven't heard that mm -hmm. number, but that number wouldn't surprise me. I, I'm not at liberty to tell you what our back order is, but if, uh, you know, knowing what mine is and I can make assumptions about what the other guys are. And by the way, it's not just the, the, uh, the pool equipment manufacturers. I mean, you got to think about the chemical folks. You got to think about the fiberglass pool builders, all the rest of that ecosystem. That 1.7 number would, would not surprise me. That's yeah, that's absolutely crazy. I'm looking over here on the Insta chat and Jeanette was saying I was waiting for that poor Brian. So Jeanette probably knew that that question was coming <laughs> about the gummy bear. So Brian, I apologize. You know, we've talked about the market and the condition of the market. And guys, to be honest, I would prefer to be in this situation with, you know, knowing that there's the big demand in the industry rather than being flat or, or having, you know, no growth out there. So I think Given everything, we're in a good situation and the industry as a whole is in a good situation. Yeah. And look, guys, all industries are going through the same conditions, but this is our time to continue to elevate our game because, you know, you want to become that premier pool service that we always talk about. You need to educate yourself and you'll come out on top. Always be stronger for it down the line. So very important. We're back at the drawing board as we speak. Because it's one of those things where we, we need to know our numbers. We need to know what, where we need to be at and the times have changed. And so we're, we're currently working through that as a company. Zach and I were talking about that yesterday, kind of, you know, going through, but guys, you're going to have to face that. You're going to have to face the music. And that is that you're going to have to look at your numbers and do all of that. So Kevin, we've talked about the status of the industry and, and I really appreciate you guys coming on and talking about it and giving, you know, the forecast and where some of the things are so that everybody can kind of really get a good grasp of where we're at. So now that we've done that, let's talk a little bit about Hayward and what you guys are working on. So can you tell me what you guys are working on and, and what is your vision of your products? 
Appreciate that. And yeah, we're super excited about the products we've been working on. In fact, this spring, we kind of launched this big bang product announcement with all of our our distributors and partners, uh, really introduced just a slew of new products. And when you think about where we're going, we want our products to, to make it uh, uh, enjoyable to, to swim in the pools, easy to maintain, easy to build, uh, and efficient for the homeowners. You know, we're, we're very big on making sure our products, you know, help the environment and continue to reduce the cost of pool ownership and, and maintenance. That's kind of at a high level where we're going. You kind of feather into that kind of that connected product and being able to access your pool uh, wherever, you know, our new Omni platform is top rated. The Omni app itself on the Google and the Apple Play Store does get the highest marks out there of all of our competitive products. Our, our consumers really love that interface uh, with their pump, pad, lights, uh, heater. Uh, it's been a, been a great hit. I don't know. We can talk about some specific products, but I, I guess I'll, I'll jump into the new small footprint heater we just launched. There's a lot of great things about it, but just a couple of different features besides the fact it's the smallest 400K out there. One of the things I think is great about it is it has zero wall clearance. So for those zero lot lines where you're having, having to replace a heater and it's you got a tight space, uh, you can put that right up against the house. You don't need that extra six inches of separation, which I think is a great feature on this new heater. The second great feature I feel like on this heater, besides the fact that it's kind of reversible there, so you can put either side up against the house if you need to, but it ships with natural gas and it comes with the diffuser. If you've got a propane system, you reach right back into the box, you take out the natural gas one, you put in the, the propane orifice, and you've got a dual fuel gas system. You never have to make a mistake of, did I bring the right heater to the job site? Uh, we're super excited about that product, and that's shipping today. That's one of one of our new ones. Just to expand a little bit on that too, Albert, is that you know we don't use the word universal to describe it just because it sounds good. The good unit point. really, really has the ability to go into any existing setup. So um, what Albert Albert referred to as rotating is that the top of it actually rotates, so it doesn't matter which way it's facing. It can always be forward facing to the end consumer. And then we also have exclusive plumbing adapters that will help our yes. system align with an existing heater that you're replacing, even if it's not like for light. And it's, um, it's, it's a really good opportunity, especially with inventory being an issue with some of the other manufacturers. It really is a, a drop in replacement, you know, not just for Hayward. I got to see one a couple of weeks ago. The van came by and... I just couldn't believe how small it is. And, you know, throughout this thing, we've had to kind of use a variety of different brands. And, you know, we know some specific ones that are massive. You're not, you're not talking about like, Raypack, are you? No. <laughs> I know you no. didn't want to say it, but. <laughs> yeah. But it's like we, I would literally have to go meet Justin on site. It would take two of us to load it. I would have to go out there and two of us to unload it. And. Just looking at that Hayward heater, I mean, that's something he's going to be able to get in and out on his own. And, you know, we'll save a ton in costs by eliminating that second person on the job. And it's a super cool unit. You know, when guys are out there and we're installing heaters or we're, we're looking at a pad and we're replacing a heater, it's no lie when you're there and there's a master temp there, regardless of who you are, depending on your time and what you're doing. 
a lot easier to get a master temp and just pop it right in, right? Or if there's a jangy there, it's a lot easier to just put it right there because you know it's plug and play. Being able to have that option, especially with the plumbing that you guys have, it really opens up possibilities there. So I think it's brilliant that you guys came out with that um, and uh, being able to, you know, take a heater now and know that no matter what heater's out there, I can fit this Hayward heater in this pad because one, it's smaller, it's much more accessible, easier to work on. And I'm able to make the plumbing fit without having to put extra work into it because time is money in our industry. And being able to put something in there quick and easy and efficient is usually one of the deciding factors of what heater we go with when we install, um, you know, at a pad. Kudos to that. I have one at our distrib- distribution center right now that that we have on display and I was checking it out and I'm, and I'm actually pretty impressed with it. So I can't wait to try one out. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're very excited about it. It's been a big hit. Two things that I really love about you guys is, is one is how forward thinking you guys have been all along with your products and, you know, how to solve a lot of issues that are out there. And, you know, you, you talk about your automation and I was talking to Brian and we're kind of shooting some videos and he's like, you know, it can fit, you know, it can manage up to, you know, six, 16 different devices. And I'm thinking to myself, who's going to ha- have more than 16 devices? And then he's like, and if you want to go more, you just plug in this adapter and you get, I don't know how many more. And it's like, when they created that, they really thought of not just your normal setup, but even if you get into a situation where you do have, you know, that extreme, you're not having to sit sit there and put these two boxes in, but you've kind of, you know, they really thought about everything and put everything into this thing so that it can solve everything. So I really love that about you guys, the products and, and that your innovation and you're constantly thinking and that one with the heaters is just absolutely huge from the plumbing side. We all know when we get out there to do plumbings for heaters, we always go, oh, it's going to take me, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. And then you look at the plumbing and an hour and 20 minutes later, you're still kind of redoing the, the craziness from the guy before. What about the new S3 salt cell? We're super excited about the S3 salt cell. It's got a lot of great features. I'm going to go just over a couple of them here. But what people may not realize about the S3 is it's going to work in a salt range from 800 to 8,000 parts per million. It's very what? forgiven. Yes, what? it's very forgiven for that homeowner that kind of there's too much rain, haven't put in salt, or you haven't gotten there and it's been rainy, to e- even if we just kind of oversalt, they want to make sure it lasts till we get there. Now, the, the production levels aren't going to be quite as high at those ranges, but it is very forgiven and it will produce chlorine through those ranges. So we're very happy about that. The other big thing with the new S3, two things. The T-cell itself is you can visibly visibly inspect the blades, and it's an encrypted T-cell. So what that means is when you put on an S3 system and you put on the T-cell, if something happens down the road and maybe someone buys a T-cell online, maybe it's an off-brand, it will not work with that S3 controller. You know, keep it, you know, we get a lot of complaints as a manufacturer saying, hey, I'm not producing salt and we go out there and investigate and someone has put on kind of an off market or maybe a generic brand onto our system and we kind of get a bad rap. So we're, we're basically putting this encryption in there. So it works only with, with our T cell. So we, so it, you know, it protects our brand, but the nice part about it, you know, you're thinking, Hey, what's going to happen with all my old systems installed? Well, it's backwards compatible. So just stock the new encrypted T cell. It'll work with all of our old systems as well. I think that's a great feature. And lastly, the S3, you can, you can install it as like a standard standalone system, 
And if the customer wants to upgrade and get that full Omni control, they want to work the app, they want to control their pool remotely, you can install the basic S3 system and upgrade to an S3 Omni somewhere down the road and, and kind of have that homeowner grow with the needs of their pool as, as they get more uh, online. Great, great system. Guys, right here on the InstaChat, P.S. I love Hayward. They always have been great. Anytime I had a question they need uh, or needed help, they have been there and got me the info or help that I needed. And then Jay, yes, shout out to Andrew Ragland and Russell Ware. They're my two reps. They are great. And by the way, I met both of them and they're they're great guys. So big shout out to, to Russell. I, I pr- appreciate the shout out to Andrew and Russell. Those are those are great. We have a great team there. You, you really do. You really have a great team. I went out and I met them when they had the van over at the SEP and they have such a natural chemistry, all of them together. That one of the things that I told them is I need to have you guys all on a podcast and you guys just sit there and tell all these stories that you're telling because they're just great, great stories. But you could tell the chemistry that they have is great. What I want to know about is the XE pump and called the Texas special. And uh, I kind of want to know why we're so special that we got recognized here in Texas to, <laughs> to name that one, the Texas. Cause it's Texas, baby. That's why. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Is there any doubt? In Texas. No, uh, doubt. no doubt. No doubt. Right. Two kind of separate things. So we have an XE pump and we have a Texas special. They're kind of, kind of independent. The XE pump is, was our response to the DOE phase out product, right? So everyone's aware of the new DOE regulation. Uh, after don't know, July 21st, we can't, or 18th, I forget the date here, it's coming up, but we can't manufacture single speed pumps um, above one and a half horsepower that don't meet this DOE energy requirements. We developed these XE pumps. They're variable speed pumps that look like and act like a single speed pump, but they're full variable speed. So if you're a servicer or you're a builder and you're used to one and a half and two horsepower and you've got a replacement, and you're not, and you can't find it out there because we can't manufacture them, and distribution stock has run out. You could move to an XC pump that's a fraction of the cost of all the bells and whistles of full-on variable speed. You could go to our XC product, and so that's the XC pump is specifically addressing that DOE phase out. The Texas Special is our max flow in our TriStar 1.85 THP pumps. You know, we were trying to respond to the demand in Texas because of the freeze. Uh, our customers kept saying, we need more product. We went back to our manu- our supply chain and they said, we've got some extra product. You can make some extra uh, MaxFlow and TriStar pumps with the caveat is you'd only be able to apply them at 230 volt. Do you want the extra st- product? We can help you build more pumps. And we said, yes. Um, so that's the Texas special being that it's, it's only two thirty volt max flow and TriStar variable speed pumps, uh, we're getting the components in, and we're we're looking for space on the production line. Uh, but we're going to increase our capacity to address some of the the freeze challenges you've had in that market. Zach, I don't know you, but I'm walking into the pool store next time with my cowboy hat, my boots, and I'm going. I'll take the Texas Special, and they're going to know exactly <laughs> what it is that I need. I'll be waiting in the truck. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> when John moves out here, we'll put John in the cowboy hat and the cowboy boots and kind of have him, you know, either with a gun or a knife on his holster and kind of spitting over asking for the Texas special. 
Kevin, can I ask you about your rewards program? I know that we had you on the show in December and just you dropped a lot of great information. And I know that that's changed a little bit. So can you tell us a little bit of what's changed on on that rewards program? Sure. So um, this is a program that we put together specifically for pool pros. You, you have to be in the business. You have to be certified. You have to have done some training and, and be part of our programs. And what we had talked about on our last call was that, you know, as you buy our products, you end up earning points and this point system accrues, um, you start to hit bonuses. And then one of the big things that we've, we've just done is we've added a, um, a trip incentive to our rewards program. So we're, we, um, Albert mentioned earlier we uh, partnered with Paramount a few years ago, and they do a fabulous trip. And we we ended up picking off some of the good parts of that their trip, and you know we're going to model after them and and really give an opportunity for us to meet with our dealers in a more relaxed atmosphere, and really just to to thank them for their business. So we're we are putting together a trip. It's going to be the very first Hayward trip will be in January of 2022. And if you're a current Totally Hayward partner, any points that you have in your bank right now would be able to be used for that trip in January. And we're really, really looking forward to it. And it's, it's a great opportunity for us and our partners. Do you know where that trip is going to be? Uh, uh, yeah, we're going to go to Riviera Maya in Mexico. Mm. Zach, question for you. Do you go yeah. to the plant or do you go on the trip? Both. Oh, I go to the uh, plant. Thank you. Both. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Zach, I'm with you. I'm wow. going plant. Well, well, listen, but before you guys make your final decision, the plant is very cool and it's straightforward, but the Hayward trip's going to have a few surprises. So, if you know, seeing both of these, I, I would maybe recommend you, you pick the trip, actually. <laughs> See, we, we got the insider information now. So, Zach, we, we're going to have to think about that one. For sure. So, Kevin, what about Hayward University? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, that great point. Thank you for bringing that up. Over um, this past offseason or through the winter, we did uh, quite a bit of online trainings and we had great participation. Um, they were very thorough, and we had live Q&A sessions through some of the trainings. And all of that stuff has been recorded and is up in our Hayward University platform. So if you go to your um, Totally Hayward reward site or even our main website, you can you know click into it. And from there, you'll have to sign in. It, it's a dealer-facing um, site, but with that, said you'll be able to look at all the different tutorials we have troubleshooting guides and then of course we have um, information about all the new products that we're releasing or that have been released and um, it's, a, it's a great resource for any service person in the industry guys i recommend that if you haven't been to the hayward university that you go there and you register they have some great videos and guys, you've got done an amazing job with your website and keeping everything so simple. And if I'm going to go look for a heater, I click on heaters and then all your heaters are broken down. It's cataloged so beautifully for the pool guy out there and for the support. So, guys, if you're not a member of the rewards, I suggest that you <clears throat> register for it. And if you haven't gone to the Hayward University, we put up a banner on the right hand side on the poolmanuniversity.com. 
So go to PoolmanUniversity.com. Over on the right-hand side, you're going to see a banner that says the Poolman University. I'm sorry, the Hayward University. Click on that, and it's going to direct you right over to the Hayward University where you can register. And then, Kevin, let's connect, because what I want to do is anytime that you guys have live training, if you send me the dates, we'll talk about them and we'll post them on our social media because we are all about the education and really kind of pushing everybody to constantly look at the education side and get a lot more educated. Absolutely. We would love to do that. Guys, let's take a word from our sponsors. And when we come back, Zach, John, I want to get your final thoughts. The Hyperpole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Did you know that one of the main reasons why small businesses fail is because owners are less in tune with how much revenue is generated by sales of product or services and the cost to provide this product or service? This leads to money shortfalls that can quickly put a small business out of operation. Do you know the actual cost of the pool service you provide or the financial health of your pool business? If you don't, it can put you out of business. Pool Nation has created a business training that focuses on the financial side of your business. It is the only course that as you enter your data into our exclusive software, it will tell you how much money you are making or losing. It's that simple. By the time you are done with the training, you will know your exact cost to service a pool, fixed cost of cleaning, your average profit per pool, your average monthly rate, repair profits and profit percentage, and how much money you are actually making. During the training utilizing our software, you will create your business profit and loss. Once you create your P&L, we will cover the fundamentals of the P&L and how important it is to the success of your business. For more information and the next training dates, visit www.poolnation.online. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you get to keep. For more training dates, go to www.poolnation.online. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation podcast. We're talking to Albert Miller and Kevin Bulling from Hayward. We're talking about the status of the industry, some of the great Hayward products. Kevin, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but somebody on here is going, who won the F-150? Yeah, so um, officially the drawing has not taken place Ah, there yet. you go. So still yet to be determined. And if you started to participate in some of the trainings and haven't uh, completed yet, I would recommend you do that very quickly before it does go to the drawing. To the drawing. Now, let me ask you, Kevin, are you personally going to be at the show in Dallas? Yeah. What about you, Albert? I will too. Yeah. Looking forward to it. That's great. So yes, we'll, we'll all be able to definitely meet. So I'm looking forward to that. So Likewise. Zach, let me get your final thoughts. Yeah. So I know I've said this over and over and it just amazes me what has gone on in the world over the last year. And I, I never could have imagined, you know, our industry being affected the way it is. And 
in the beginning, I was confused and I had a lot of frustration. I'm sure everyone did um, about everything going on. But the more that we learn about this situation, the better I start to feel about it. And don't get me wrong, it definitely sucks. But by being armed with information, we're able to make any necessary adjustments to our businesses and to hopefully be able to, you know, prepare to make it to the other side of all of this. And Kevin, Albert, I want to say thank you for coming on and taking the time to talk to us. I can only imagine how busy you guys are. And so I appreciate you coming on and sharing all of this information. Because again, when we're armed with this knowledge, we can properly navigate our way through these situations. want to tag on and say the same thing kevin albert thank you very much for jumping on the podcast and talking to us and kind of giving us your perspective on the struggles that you guys are going through too because you know too too often we all get caught up in our own troubles and our own and just kind of figure out you know, what, what the hell is going on how do i survive how do i figure this out what's going on and it's good to hear that you know the struggle is mutual to be honest and as an industry we all need to kind of sit back and not just look at the little blip on the radar and kind of the current struggles we're going through right now, but just kind of take a bird's eye view of it and see and understand that this is a really a good thing for us. And um, what we're becoming as an industry and how we're growing and the money that's available to us and, and how successful we can be down the line. And I just see nothing, nothing but great things uh, happening. And yes, it's a little tough and, you know, nothing, Nothing good is easy to acquire. So you're, you're going to have to go through the struggles a little bit. And it's good to know that down the road that everything's going to start to pay off. So everybody out there that's listening, yes, the struggle's real. We're not in it alone. It's happening from us at ground level all the way up to the very top uh, as far as manufacturing, product, distributors. Everybody's going through the struggle here. And it's not just one-sided. So we just got to get through it make the right decisions, see it out. And I think, and or I know that uh, we're going to be better for it. So I'm, I'm just really excited about it. Again, just want to thank you guys for jumping on. It's, it's good to hear coming from you guys. Kevin, one more question for the pool guys that are out there listening. If they want to get in touch with any reps out in the field, what would be your recommendation for that? So obviously, you know, the first stop is they can contact me directly or, or you and you can pass it on. Um, and then from there, they can even talk to their local distribution partner. And obviously, our job is to make sure that we're, we're accessible and we want to be accessible. So if, if you haven't met the person that covers your area or you don't have their contact information, just reach out to one of your partners in the industry and we're, we're going to be there to support you. Absolutely. And guys, remember, this is one of the greatest ways to create a network and, and be able to have people that are pros that can answer the questions. And I'm not saying, hey, you have to be just only a Hayward guy, but you have to have relationships with your reps. And Hayward, all along with through my experience, has been one of those where always my reps have answered, have helped. So reach out, make those connections, make those relationships so that when you're in that spot that you need something, you're able to kind of pick up that phone and call and get that support that you need. Albert, Kevin, I want to thank you guys for coming on to the podcast. You know, sometimes we struggle with some of the companies wanting to come and, and talk and, and tell the truth and tell what's out there. And what I love about our relationship so far is every time that I've reached out that I needed help, you guys have you know absolutely said, we're there. We're going to be there. You, you got our support. So 
we really appreciate that. And we're look, looking forward to continuing to work with you guys. The same thing goes for you guys. You guys ever need our platform to send any message or to do anything. We're here for you. Let us know. And we really appreciate you taking the time under these conditions. We know how busy you guys are and for coming on the podcast. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank all. you. This is my pleasure. All right. Thank you. So guys, thank you. We will talk next week. Have a great one. See you guys later. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way may not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.